everyone. Welcome to the Cambridge Quarren Chats podcast. My name is Simone Ehringfeld and this is where I have chats with fellow students and academics at Cambridge University so we can all stay in touch during this coronavirus pandemic and exchange experiences of life under lockdown. Find us on Facebook or Twitter at Cam Quarren Chats and please give us a follow. I'd love to hear from you how you are dealing with life under lockdown. My first guest is Eleanor Ryan, who is um, doing an MPhil in Arts, Creativity and Education here in Cambridge. She's at the same faculty that I'm at, the Faculty of Education, and we're also roommates or flatmates. We live in the same building. Yes, we do. (laughs) So welcome, Eleanor. Thank Um, you very much. It's been really lovely getting to know you a bit more um, as we we are all, um, yeah, staying at home and we're getting lots of opportunities to chat with each other and have lunch and dinner and cook together. So how, how have you been? I've been really well. Yeah. yeah. I feel extraordinarily lucky, in fact. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, when, when, we found, when I found out that everything was going to shut down, I have to admit that I was a bit um, discombobulated, might be the word. <laughs> kind of, well, in fact, quite sad as well because of a whole bunch of things that had to be changed at the last second um but after about a week settling down into this space I actually think there's a lot of opportunity in the time um so long as we all stay well that is yeah so I'm actually quite enjoying there being less running around in my life and more time at home and more time to think actually about all sorts of things that I haven't had time to think about in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like me, you've stayed in Cambridge. Um, was that an easy decision for you to make, to stay here? And how's the, the experience of living in Cambridge? Because it's changed so much as a city. Like, it's a ghost town. We're suddenly staying inside. We can't really go to Clare Hall anymore. So how, how do you see that change? Yeah, so... Um, the first part of the question, like, was it a hard decision to stay? It it was momentarily really difficult to decide whether to stay or not, um, because there was this very small window of time. Probably I would have had to have moved with about 24 hours notice to 48 hours. I could still, at that point, have bought a flight to Trinidad, which is where I should have been right now. Um, I would have arrived, originally I would have arrived yesterday, because today's Wednesday, I would have arrived on a Tuesday. Um, and I, I was talking to friends in Trinidad saying, do you think I should, should I come? What should I do? What should I do? Because I'm thinking, well, I don't know how long this lockdown will go on for. And can I rush, rush to Gatwick, jump on a flight, go there and then stay there for how long? I don't know, three months, four months. At that point, Trinidad didn't have any, um, Mm COVID-19. So... I was like, well, they're a small island. Maybe they won't get it. Well, <laughs> they are now in lockdown as well. So, oh, wow. um, and then the other decision I had to make was, uh, I have a friend in Bristol. Was I going to go and stay with him? But he's he's got a serious health condition. So I was a bit like I could be putting him under risk by going. So I had to think, no, no, I will stay. Um, and then you were asking about Cambridge. Well, I mean, Cambridge is so gorgeous in the spring. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, yeah, the weather's been amazing. Um, And so in a strange way, I find myself appreciating the space so much, so much more than perhaps I was when I was cycling like a kind of 
bat out of hell down to the education faculty always running late. I had actually Same thought, here. Yeah. <laughs> always, <laughs> always, always running late. Um, and I had thought to myself because I was always taking the route past the library and over the river and into town. Mm-hmm. And I did that route so many times in a huge rush. Like, so just just to clarify, the education faculty is all the way down by the train station. It's next to Homerton. So it's it's a good 20-minute cycle from Clare Hall. Yeah. I was getting really fit <laughs> doing yeah. that. But, um, but yeah, I had actually thought to myself, my goodness, I'm going to go through an entire year in Cambridge and I will never have stopped at any point to take a photograph Yes, exactly. To notice anything. Yeah. So we we tend to leave those things towards the end, mm. like when we're supposed to leave in our minds. And then at least that's what I do. That's when I start to take photos of people or the room that I've spent a year living in or the city. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. exactly. Mm. And I think, you know, so although I'm not going out very much, I've kind of reduced my visits to town, I think down to like just simply once a week to get groceries. Um I find myself lingering over those journeys mm. and if I see a plant that looks nice or a bird, I hear birds singing and I stop and notice them and I notice other people doing this as well. So there's a sort of hyper conscientiousness just not only of other people but of the environment and mm. I think, I don't know, maybe a heightened appreciation and, and perhaps that's also because I'm very conscious that people are literally just very healthy people are getting sick very suddenly and some of them are dying and so there's also this element of oh I'm yeah feel a bit more in touch with mortality and wanting to appreciate the beauty that is around us whilst I'm you know it's there and so I do actually feel incredibly lucky to still be in Cambridge because it's a very beautiful space yeah and we're watching the spring um yeah we can hear the birds right now as we're talking. There's been so much bird song I've noticed as well. I can totally relate to what you're saying in the sense that I'm I'm enjoying the small sensory things, like mm-hmm. just the feel of, of grass or or a particular smell or yesterday the moon. Like oh, I yeah. could really appreciate that much more. It's like we're being forced to think back about like what's really important like those small things in life just enjoying a cup of coffee because we're not going out as much anymore so we have just those little things that last us now yeah and and I just feel I mean I feel that we're very privileged in this space and that you know like there are literally irises growing in the garden Mm -hmm. like right here by us so I was like yesterday I'm like oh gosh I can I'm going to cut some flowers. <laughs> it's all a bit romantic, really. I mean, and I, I have to keep on thinking, well, whilst I'm sort of smelling the roses, there are people rushing around in the hospital right now, and it's very serious. So it's this yeah. weird juxtaposition as well of yeah. those who are relatively untouched and those who have been yeah deeply touched. And, I mean, and that actually extends somewhat into my own family as well because um although nobody is sick thank goodness Mm -hmm. I mean and long may that last um you know I'm watching my sister who's in London and she has a small toddler and she's pregnant as well and she's been furloughed from her job Mm -hmm. um and initially it's like okay you're just furloughed from your job but actually the reality is that she works in the arts she tours orchestras around the world Mm. 
and every single tour that she's worked on for the last year has been cancelled. Um, there's no way of knowing as and when that's going to change. Yeah. Um, and that's the same for actually all of my friends because I'm a musician. I'm, yeah. I've been a performing professional musician for many, many years. And so all of my friends who whose main work is performing have suddenly found themselves without work. And it as it's not a very well-paid profession in the first place, mm. I mean, a lot of people have been struggling and friends have taken up jobs in Tesco's, I know. Mm-hmm. They've taken up jobs as Deliveroo drivers. Yeah. Um, pretty much anything to make ends meet. And, I mean, they're very resilient. But I feel like I'm... Because I knew I'd be studying anyway, mm. it's sort of for... To a certain extent, that's not hitting me. But for for those people who are paying yeah. mortgages... Yeah and whose futures depend on the social interaction of people. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's really interesting. You are a musician yourself. You play the violin. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about this because some people might not know this about you. But also you are studying arts and creativity and education. So how do you think, for you personally, but also in general, what does this this time of, this quiet time, basically, of going back inside and quarantine, staying home, what does it do to your creativity? Mm. What role does music play into all of this? I I understand that so many people are, are struggling uh, financially, economically. There's no safety net for people uh, like musicians who depend on performing but people have also been very resilient. Like there's been so many initiatives online to like broadcast live performances on social media or to um, do performances in front of your webcam and, and, and mm. combine them all together. Like entire orchestras are doing these things. So yeah, what do you think? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> it's very, um, well, just to talk briefly about myself to start with. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm. Um, people possibly don't know because... Um, I guess because I'm doing a very theoretical course at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, for many years, been a professional violinist. And I, um, my first master's degree was in performance music. And I was at the Royal Northern College of Music. And I used to, um, I used to play, I had contracts with orchestras in Manchester. So I used to play for the BBC. I used to do recordings with them. I used to play with, there's like an orchestra up there called the Halle various orchestras like that. So I have a lot of friends who are still in those ensembles or working freelancing as I used to do. I used to freelance around the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up moving to Trinidad uh, mm-hmm. to take up a position. It was actually to start an ensemble out there, but also to help create a tertiary music um, institution where I was then teaching students in Trinidad. It started a um, string department there. Mm-hmm. So I had lots of Beautiful. You started it. Yeah, department. I started it. Yeah, wow. so it didn't exist. In fact, when we moved there, even the building that we existed in was still being built. So, hmm. um, we we built this up from scratch. Nine years later, it's still going. Ten years, in fact, it's still going. So, it, yeah, so that's really cool. And then, um, you know, it's interesting you talk about resilience because actually the experience of being in Trinidad taught me a lot about the resilience of musicians because. We were a very uh, small group of musicians coming from the UK and America to Trinidad, basically moving there with this like idea that we were going to teach classical music, which is actually happens to be 
the area that I'm currently critiquing in my master's. Mm -hmm. I could talk about that a bit more later. But um, that was so interesting because we had gone from a state of what I would now recognize to be incredible privilege where when you go to a concert or you go to a rehearsal, there's often like a concert's manager. They're going to put the music out there for you. You don't have to think about it. The seat, the chairs are there for you to sit on. The Mm. music stand is there for you to sit on. Everything is laid out and you only have to think about the notes I'm playing and how beautiful they are. Mm. Um, And so when I moved to Trinidad, it was like, oh, hang on. There's like nowhere where we can buy strings for the instruments. Mm -hmm. There's no luthier. There's no one to fix the instruments. There are no, there's no concert manager to lay out the chairs there there are no music stands or not ones that we were used to um there's no music like there's no music shop (laughs) like um you you know and so it's sort of a really was a humbling experience and in working out like gosh I (laughs) there's so there's so much I take for granted and there's so little I know actually about about how one things work around us like the structure is around us to just support us as professionals right and secondly a very humbling experience for to to understand that in other economies other places in the world such as trinidad this art form that i practice is done under much much more difficult circumstances than Mm -hmm. anything i had ever experienced Mm -hmm. And that was extremely humbling. And it also taught me sort of a lot about resilience. Mm. So it's very interesting now watching my friends. I myself haven't actually done this yet. Um, and I was thinking about doing it. Maybe for Claire Hall. Okay. Maybe I'll record something for Claire Hall yeah, for the community. That, that would be lovely. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about it actually. But I've noticed like a lot of friends have been, well, they have access. They have money actually for mm-hmm. good recording equipment. Some right, of them. Right, you know, some, right. Or some of them already have it. Yeah. But there's been some amazing recordings um, that people have done, either working with themselves, so multi-tracking, mm. uh, multi-screen, um, or doing them remotely with people all over, all over the world or, or all over the country. Um, orchestras, of course, are scattered. Yeah. Those orchestral musicians are still on salaries, I think, yeah. um, at the moment, for, yeah. or for the short term. Yeah. Um, yeah more fixed it's more fixed so it's definitely harder for the freelancers than it is for them um but i think yeah it is a time of incredible creativity um there's some beautiful recordings that have come out Hmm. i was actually super super proud to see like which ones tell us oh like well i saw ones today um a guy called simon turner you guys can look him up online if you want to it's on youtube simon turner simon simon turner he's the um I think he's the co-principal cellist of the Halle Orchestra. I used to play with him. Okay. Um, and he had dug out of his music collection a, uh, an arrangement made for four cellos um, of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, wow. And I saw it this morning, and it's absolutely stunning. Like, he's just, just himself, like, recorded times four uh-huh, uh-huh. with the same setup. Um, and he's done it really, really beautifully. But I'm also going to send a plug, actually, for one of my students in Trinidad, who oh, wow. also did something similar. And really? I, it sounded beautiful. I was so proud of him. His name's Mark Haru. Mm-hmm. That's Mark with a C. Mm-hmm. H-A-R-O-O. And um, yeah, he, he arranged it all himself. He, he did an arrangement of a movement from a Tchaikovsky symphony, mm-hmm. rearranged it for solo violin, mm-hmm. and multi-track recorded it, yeah. and then posted it online. Yeah. And it was just fantastic. 
That's great. I mean, I personally feel now more than ever that I have a a craving for music or Mm -hmm. arts in general, Mm -hmm. just more creative ways of dealing with this current situation. Um, I miss my band hugely. Yes. Uh, The Simones Simones. Limones. That was like always one of my highlights for the week, right? We would have our rehearsals Mm -hmm. and we would do performances in the ALB. And this was like one of my favorite aspects of Claire Hall life in general. Yeah. Um, So to kind of compensate for, for losing that, I've been really trying to discover new, new uh, music Mm -hmm. throughout this time. Uh, there's there's a lot of Spotify playlists popping up that there are, are yeah. titled like coronavirus or something like that and they're like there's so many interesting themes and there's there's different artists that are working around this um, this crisis and playing with their lyrics it's really um, really important I think for people to to have something to hold on to yeah I think it's a way of um sort of I guess processing and channeling this the strangeness of what's happened yeah um yeah I mean what have you found have you got any track that you've found that that Um, you really love I mean in the beginning when this all started I was I was having a good laugh by listening to things like can touch this do 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 can touch this playlist of anything corona related that it can be insanely funny and then my dad he messaged me because he has started this thing with his company where they're all working remotely but to kind of stay in touch they've created this like platform where they're sharing or uploading their favorite songs Mm. more or less favorite it can be like funny or like experimental they can just it's it's a for sharing music so my dad he knows nothing about music just to be clear like he's not musical at all and he he doesn't really have much interest in music but the music that he does like is like what he does he will go for he he used to drive a lot in his car for hours and hours because of the commutes he would just play techno like blasting techno in his car which is hilarious if you know my dad he's he's it's an incredibly funny image but he (laughs) he was like okay Simone you gotta help me out here because I have to share music with my colleagues and I, I don't know any names of any artists, like, and he really doesn't. Mm. So, um, and he was like, well, you know, you remember like six years ago, you used to listen to this Spanish language sort of rappers. What was it again? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like six years ago, my music taste, first of all, was really very different from what it is now. Mm. So we spent some time um, trying to figure out what he was, what his favorite music was that I used to listen to, and it turned out that this was reggaeton from Puerto Rico. Oh my god! Oh, I <laughs> so love it. He, <laughs> it's, it's so I finally figured out that it was Don Omar. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. I'm very embarrassed to say this. Like this is what was like on my playlist all the time when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And my dad loved it, so he actually used to play Don Omar hardcore reggaeton 
in his car on his commute as well. So it's hilarious. <laughs> well, it's, that's extremely cool. It's yeah. extremely cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been asking people for playlists actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have one friend who's a, a DJ in London, and he made a list called Music for Healing, mm-hmm. which he sent me, which was actually, like, mostly just extremely funky jazz. I'm like, yeah, funk is really, it's good for healing, so. Yeah, yeah, Because sure. you can dance, and, no, it's really good, and, um, what else? I mean, I don't know, I've been listening to random, random things that people have posted, um, yeah, just kind of floating around in yeah. a very yeah. oh, postmodern good. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how how do you structure your time? Because there's so many things still going on, right? We mm-hmm. still have our programs that are continuing. Yeah. We need to do studying, working, but also taking time off. Um, yeah. But there's no not such a structure to our days anymore. We don't have like classes, fixed times, or so. How what's your routine like? Yeah, well, I mean, actually, for the first couple of weeks, my routine was pretty good. I think because. Mm-hmm had a deadline you had the same deadline yeah we had it we had to get an essay in um that was what last week thursday so it's been yeah. like six days since that so actually for the first sort of i guess it was 10 days of lockdown i was literally like get up breakfast write, lunch write, dinner yeah. write, <laughs> <laughs> write some more panic a bit stay up till three write some more um yeah so um oh and i had some like supervisions online that were really good actually that's good yeah really great um so actually it's been a bit harder since the pressure of the deadline's gone right i have to say i mean we've kind of come up with a cool routine i think yeah here in wilson court because i I, well i think that it's it's i myself feel very good about it in the sense Mm -hmm. that i I find it very sustaining and that Mm -hmm. um and it's partly because claire hall has been so cool about keeping their um kitchen open yeah and so and because you've you twisted your ankle. I did. You did. And luckily it's, it's getting better. Um, yeah. But it meant that uh, actually at least one person in the building was ordering lunch yeah. each day. Yeah. And it's to be collected at the same time. Yeah. So almost like by osmosis, we've been as a building. I mean, there's seven of us here. Two people keep themselves isolated and five people hang out. And so the five of us, not everyone all the time but mostly we meet at lunch times and we meet at dinner time Mm -hmm. and we've taken also on the um you know the cooking challenge on a saturday night yes we've done that every saturday night and we've done a couple of the other things drink and draw we did it once we need to do that again because i really enjoyed it um yeah so in fact the day has quite a nice rhythm to it so i try to spend my mornings um I try to spend my mornings reading and writing, um, <laughs> doing some kind of study. Huh? Yeah. Um, it hasn't always worked, but that's the plan. Um, then, yeah, we have lunch, and then in the afternoon, a number of different things, sometimes a phone call. Actually, frequently, um, I've been doing Pilates classes, mm. which, the, now this is a major silver lining of lockdown. Like, it, it was almost, I couldn't believe what had happened, because I'm a massive, huge devotee of Pilates. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely love it. And I actually hadn't really found um, classes in Trinidad that I liked very much. Mm-hmm. Oh, not Trinidad, sorry, in Cambridge. I, I was doing it in, in Trinidad. So in Cambridge, I didn't find many classes that I liked that much. Um, and then, of course, because there's lockdown in Trinidad, my old teacher there and the teacher I had in London, they're now doing classes online. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, That's I can amazing. join your classes again. And yeah. it's so it's working. So, um, 
yeah, I'm now doing that about three times a week. That's good. And we've just started um, this morning. Yeah. And I, we did the Claire Hall Boat Club workout. Yeah. Highly recommend it, everybody. It's tough. We did it three <laughs> times a plank of one and a half minutes. I thought it was collapsing by the end. <laughs> yeah, but it was, oh my God, it was, it was great. Yeah. yeah, I feel really good now. Yeah. So I think that will become part of the, the yeah. routine. So that sounds great. It's like a mix of some exercise some like a lot of working reading yeah, writing a lot of that but then also spending time together in our households doing cooking yeah i think food has really been connecting us right massively yeah so uh having lunch together we actually did picnics out in the yes, lawn so we're um, very lucky here because we have a beautiful patch of grass directly outside and yeah i mean that was your idea yeah you started that like let's have a picnic on the lawn <laughs> it's like yes we should have a picnic on the lawn. Yeah. And then I'm like, wow, gosh, I, my skin has not seen the sun yeah. for a long time. But oh, all of a sudden yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to get some vitamin D. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and it's just been lovely. And then, yeah, and the other thing that's been so cool has been really learning about um, other people's specialities in the house in terms of their studying. Yes. And learning from them. So, I mean, the greatest of all has definitely been Casper. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the the people who live with us is Casper, yes. um, it's Hamed, Hamed, yeah, it's uh, Italian Simone, yes, uh, Simone, and yeah. then it's me and you. That's the five of us that hang out, and then there is a Chinese couple, yes, that live uh, actually above me, but um, they kind of stick to themselves, yeah, and we haven't properly met or hung out with them. Yeah, we, it might happen. It might happen. <laughs> We're trying. Anything can happen. But, you know, they're, so, they're yeah. in their own bubble. But yeah, I mean, so we, so Casper actually, like, so I started giving Casper, I've started giving Casper violin lessons. Yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> We've only just started. And he keeps telling me how terrible he is, but I'm like, you haven't, I mean, he's never played before. Yeah. So I'm, I think it's great. And, um, and he is teaching me about the various different families of plants. Yeah. So I'm learning all the um, Latin names and we are moving our way through the garden, pulling out flowers, <laughs> <laughs> dissecting them and attributing them to different families. That's great. Yeah. And it's actually very exciting. Yeah. Um, and Italian Simone, he taught us, well, this is not his speciality, but he did actually <laughs> teach us how to make pasta yes. from scratch. Mm-hmm. So we had a hilarious time doing that. Yeah, we spent hours and hours making pasta. We had so much pasta that we ate like two meals with five people for yeah. this batch. Yeah, we did yeah. really, really well. Yeah. Um, but yes, and luckily because Simone is actually a computer software genius, he's yeah. also fixing my computer. Yeah. <laughs> laughing and laughing at me whilst I do stupid things that you'd think like I should know by now yeah. but you know well, same for me I know nothing of computers yeah <laughs> so we're very lucky because he's yeah. there yeah. and meanwhile we keep on disturbing Hamid who's <laughs> doing like these incredible equations something to do with black holes and there's just like it's the whole other language on the page there so yeah, yeah. but it's been lovely yeah. getting to know everybody's yeah uh you know, the focus of everybody's research. Yeah. Yeah. Has been fantastic. Yeah. We're so diverse, right? I mean, we're really uh, studying different things from very different disciplines, but it's, it's fascinating. That's one of the key advantages for me to live in a college because you actually meet people from totally outside of your own area and you get exposed to like so many things you have no clue of, you know, like 
plant families. Yeah. Like, I just don't know anything. I didn't know, but I am absolutely deeply, like, I'm getting caught up in Casper's enthusiasm for this yeah. subject. Um, and then it's actually bleeding into my subject in the sense that, you know, we were talking about the violin. Right. And then that actually led to him going online and finding articles about the cellular structure of the wood mm-hmm. and the violin and in the bow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the complexity of wood and why the wood is special and vibrates and the qualities of it that make it special that enable us to kind of create these beautiful sounds with it. So, I mean, that's something I would never have ever have really had the opportunity to think about, I think. Yeah, um, right. So it's the opportunity for these like diverse conversations. And I was also reflecting actually in the last few days that, um, you know, when everybody was here, I mean, I'm very sad about the people who've had to leave Wolfson Court because yeah. yeah. we had some, I had some lovely neighbours. Mm. Um, but because we've been reduced down to five, like before, I think we were trying occasionally to get together for dinners. Like, oh, we should do something at Wilson Court. N- almost never happened. It no. happened once. Yeah. In... Like, how many of us were here? Like, 15 or... Maybe 18 people. Wow. Yeah. We have been significantly reduced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we have. Um, but it means, I mean, for me, I feel more part of the community, actually, yeah, than I did I before. Agree. Despite the fact that, you know, I was part of the Clare Hall community. And, yeah. And, you know, and we've missed things like rowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> We're really sad about rowing. Yeah. Rowing's not... I mean, I don't mind not getting up at six in the morning, but the rowing is yeah. sad. Like, that we're it's not doing sad. that yeah. anymore. Um, yeah. and, and dining hall and formals and, and as you're saying, the ALB and the band. Yeah. yeah. Missing those things. Yeah. Well, who knows? We might get another chance to, uh, to get that back at some point. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Like I, we just don't know. It's just a bunch of uncertainty that's yeah, ahead of us. Sure. But uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. chatting with me. You are very um, welcome. It was it's really the fun. first the kickoff of the yes. podcast, so that's always. Oh, that's entertaining, everybody. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the both of us, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for having joined me and um, thanks for everyone for listening. Please stay tuned and um, for more guests coming up in the next few days. And I wish you all a lovely day. Enjoy the sun and listen to the birds singing. And um, yeah, see you all later. Bye. Bye.